Good afternoon. You know what that growl indicates. It is another installment of the KG and Fistful Wildcat podcast. I am KG. It's a good day in the neighborhood on the north side, 4900 Market Street. That's the Fifth Ward Wildcat, letting you know that he is Fifth Ward proud, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Oh, no. Doing things a little bit differently now, unless you have something on your brain, sir. If not, we can get right into it. We can just get right into it because I made my my piece and all, you know, about which... The, what folks around here trying to do, and they all jumping all giddy and everything about this guy coming into town, you know. But the only thing I'm gonna make a comment on, folks, please don't send some wannabe coach to preview just because it's preview. A tradition has been started, and it needs to keep rolling. They don't need to be falling behind. Real quick, let's just touch on that. As for those who don't know. Um, the Wildcat touched on two issues. One, Dwight Howard and the Rockets, which we'll talk about in more details in a moment. But the second thing he mentioned, Prairie looking Prairie's women's basketball team is looking for a new head coach because and it hadn't been posted yet. Toya Wilson, uh, the former head coach, is now has left to join Baylor's staff with Coach Kim Mulkey in Waco. Now, what so, does that say about that program? Two coaches. Right behind each other. Kept the started the tradition, kept the tradition going. Team getting to the tournament. Got and made a move upward, made an upward move from Preview, with saying something about that job, with saying something about the recruiting for that, the uh, recruitment for, for players for that job. It just says something about Preview all together that most people just don't quite understand. Don't understand, probably don't appreciate, which goes also to the Prairie View alums, because they, their attendance at women's games were better than uh, some, you know, better than U of H and Rice. There you go. But uh, still, could have been better. True. Uh, you know, Cynthia Cooper, Dyke, and Toya Wilson led PV to the NCAA tournament, the WANSWAC championships, they raised the bar, definitely raised the bar. I'm kind of curious to see coaches. who young who coaches they're going. Yes, that's the other thing. Too. You know, uh, they weren't the was inexperienced. Toyell's, I think, Toyell's only 30 years old now, maybe. And they were both inexperienced as head coaches. One yes. was totally inexperienced as a coach in, in on the college level. Period. Even though Coop had had that uh, uh, that time at uh, at uh, Phoenix, that still didn't relate to what was going on on the college level. So I'm kind of curious to see who they're going to hire because. It's a, I think it's a plum job. Nope. <laughs> but I think for the time being, they're going to promote because of the timing of it. I mean, recruiting well, starts I was told, in, in days. I don't think that has been done yet because no announcement has been made, and it wasn't in their press release. Well, no. But I think for the timing of it, they're going to just have an interim head coach for this season based on just not enough time to do a good search and get a qualified, highly qualified person that's going to go back and get somebody who, you know, an unknown, a veteran who would accept the job and is already loyal. Already so uh, all that's got to be done. So I think they'll promote a, a interim head coach, a head coach that's on the staff right now, and just try to keep the winning tradition going. And then during the off offseason, um, hire someone more established who can really 
continue the tradition and, and go from there. I mean, Toyel brought in a lot of Jucos for this coming season. But enough of all that. No disrespect to PV and Toyel and Coop. Time to talk about the Dwight Mayor and Dwight Howard and the Rockets. How many hours before that uh, that, that meeting uh, gets started? This is, I am so happy. I'm almost giddy. Uh, but my question, I go free agent, free agent, NBA's 2013-14 free agency period starts at 12.01 Eastern Time. That's 11.01, 12.01 July 1st. That's 11.01 p.m. Houston Time and 9.01 Pacific Time, which is where the Rockets are sending seemingly a T. Everybody. A, a T. And not, not just AT, but a T. They're sending Darryl Rockets General Manager Darryl Morey, Head Coach Kevin McHale, Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, First Chandler Parsons, Les Alexander, Tad Brown, James Harden, to sit down with the mentally immature Dwight Howard to convince Dwight to come join the Rockets and make the Rockets into an elite contender in the Western Conference as well as the NBA overall. That's a lot of folks to send to Dwight Howard. I think that might be too much for him, personally. And mind you, folks, at least we forget, this is the second go-round for the Houston Rocket team to make a run at uh, BH. Superman. Whatever. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Because... <laughs> He really got to show me on the court. He got to show me on the court. Yeah, Wildcat, we know you You, you are <laughs> I'm just I'm not a, a, a Dwight Howard fan, and, and I think it's warranted. I think he's mentally, as I said earlier, I think he's mentally immature. I don't think he is able, but willing, to carry the load required of a superstar anymore. Yes, he took the Orlando Magic to the finals. Uh, he was surrounded by a lot of shooters, and that's one thing Taylor Parsons has been quoted saying. So it was a different coach that that had a offensive and defensive scheme that worked on the with that team put together as it was, because that's like you just said, Dwight was a guy that was presumably shoulder to load, but apparently load was a little bit too much for him to care. So he showed, so he rolls all the way across country. To go and play with Kobe, who will just ride you like a mule if you don't step up and do your job like you're supposed to. And apparently that was, that's too much for D.H. to handle this time around. We'll see. I mean, let's cut to the chase. But now, oh, I, before we get to the end of that part, let's just start here. With the new CBA, as it's running, because of some things I heard this morning that's been talked in the last 24 to 48 hours as far as reference to how much money the Lakers will be allowed to spend to hold on to him. One. Two, they will be the last team that will put in the bid. And three, will the CBA disavow or will the league allow all of this to happen with no headaches? Sure. The Lakers can't offer the most money because Dwight Howard is... I won't say property, but he was he played for the Lakers last year. The Lakers hit to have He's their property. bird rights. That's, that's, that's a poor choice of word. <laughs> but he is, you know, he'll be a free agent, but he's last played for the Lakers. That was his former team. His most recent team was the Lakers, and they still have his bird rights, so they can offer the most money. They can, they're the only team that can offer Dwight Howard a five-year contract. Every other team can only offer a four-year contract. 
the Lakers can offer the most in annual raises of 7.5%, whereas the new team can offer an annual increase of 4.5%. Basically, in a nutshell, the Lakers can offer Dwight Howard a five-year, $118 million contract, whereas the Rockets, Mavericks, Hawks, and the other team has got the cap room can offer four years, $88 million. So, clearly, that's $30 million gap. That's a lot of money. But the money, the, the difference in the money won't be as big until that fourth and fifth year because wow. of there's no income tax in the state of Texas. Oh, wow. So Dallas and the, and the Rockets have that in their back pocket to uh, discuss with Mr. Howard in their conversations. So keep that in mind. Is it preferable for him to land in Dallas rather than here in, in Houston where uh, he has a surrounding cast around him? Uh, so I could have a, a better, younger uh, sporting cast than the Mavericks do. Uh, Mavericks have the NBA championship, and, you know, recently. Rockets won 94-95. None of the current guys and Rockets. And we all know that. Part of that. Uh, so uh, Mark Cuban is, is one of those kind of guys that can. Mark Cuban wants to win. He can he can make things happen for you. I don't think this. There's, there's so many layers and levels to talk about here. The Lakers have put up billboards in Los Angeles to uh, try to convince Dwight to stay. Stay D12. I don't know, Rocket fans and the websites and all the Photoshop and high-tech things you can do nowadays has changed that to stray D12 as in come to uh, Houston. They've already changed the, the billboards. I've seen them with the uh, picture of James Harden and Chandler Parsons on the Laker billboards. They just, you know, do whatever they had to do. As in, I'm surprised what did they had to look at Dwight like we're looking <laughs> at Dwight. You know, kind of thing. So, but Hollywood being Hollywood, they had an offer things at all. But, I mean, Raising Cane's restaurant in Dallas, manager there said if Dwight chooses the Mavericks, they'll give him uh, chicken for, for life if he decides, which really, I don't know, I'm not sure what to think about that, but I mean, it just, I don't even know it what just shows you there's all kinds of different chicken for life things, teams, cities, fans are trying to do to convince Dwight to join their team or re-sign with the team in Lakers' case. I had, I had a person uh, this Sunday morning, speak to me at the church. <laughs> said, Dwight, we, Dwight should just stay where he is. You know, we don't want him here. So and, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So you're not the only one. I'm not, I have had people hit me up on Facebook uh, saying they don't want Dwight to come to the Rockets. We are in the minority in that. I think we're a small minority. We're a small but vocal minority. I'm, a lot of Rocket fans think just Dwight is be the missing piece to the team. I'm not questioning his physical tools. Well, I'm questioning his mindset, his mentality, um, to do what it takes to improve his skills on offense. Uh, he's still a horrible free throw shooter. Will he do the things? Because you've seen, anybody who's seen Sotter Rockets play this past season, whether you want to call them, Taylor Parsons, how tight the players are, you saw James Harden light into Jeremy Lin, light into Omer Osaka on the court when they dropped balls, when they dropped some of his passes, when they weren't in the right spots. So what's going to, what Dwight Howard be able to handle that? Because James no. Harden is the leader of the team. But the other thing is, my question is, can he handle another coach hollering at him? Because we all know Mikhail is not just going to just sit there and just let him just roll Kevin through. Kevin Mikhail, Mikhail is old school. He's an old and, school and, coach. He's an old school mindset. He... Is he was raised up pretty much under Bill Fitch 
yes. as, as, a, as a rookie until he got situated and all. And it was also veterans there on the squad. He remembers, and he'll tell you to this day, he remembers coming in and Larry Bird just, just lightening him up, you know, about his mindset. And it's all, it's, and, it's, and until, how can I say this without, no, this crap. Until Dwight Howard, I mentioned his name, makes a decision that he wants to get better to make the team better. Things are not going to happen for him like he wants them to on his time schedule. Because all folks will look at his, he's not collecting a check. Because everybody looked at the situation, him going from Orlando to L.A., playing with Kobe. Folks was lighting up rings. They was looking at two, maybe even three rings, at least two rings out of that combination. And it only lasted one year because D.H. just couldn't, for whatever reason, adapt to different style of coaching and a teammate with a bigger ego than him uh, will more so have the owner's ear to get him run off him not getting anybody else run off he didn't adapt so now you're trying to you know teams are trying to suck up to him and bring him into the fold and going to turn him loose I heard somebody mention this morning and thought it was I thought it was last night that Dallas mentioned in the, in the process that uh, you know James Harden and Tyson and uh, not Tyson Chandler, uh, but uh, Chandler Parsons, Chandler Parsons being in charge and not willing to get a reins up. Well, that may be true. That may work in Dallas's favor because we've already seen what he's looked like with two teams when one he was in charge. And the other one, he wasn't. And he just didn't exact. He he didn't want to adapt. He wanted to sulk. Didn't want to talk to the media. But he was sure wanted to go and hang out. Apparently, so you know, Dallas is one of those places like Houston. It's got everything close by, within walking distance, uh, five minutes away from the arena. For everybody. I have no idea what you're talking about, Wildcat. I have no idea I'm what you're just, talking about. I'm just throwing it out there. I have my phone outside of city limits. That's why. You know. <laughs> so, <laughs> things are close by. But your points are legit. Uh, to this end, the Rockets waived Carlos Delfino and Aaron Brooks today to free up some more cap space. They announced that they're on more announced it via Twitter. He thanked both of them uh, for their time with the Rockets and what their contribution to the Rockets. Um, Rockets sent out a press release. I have it on my blog at HoustonRoundBarView.com, the men's hoops blog, and you can go to the uh, Round Bar View homepage and you see the men's hoops blog as well as the women's hoops blog. We're talking Rockets here. We're talking NBA free agency, which uh, kicks off July 1st. Teams can negotiate with players. They cannot sign players until the, July 10th. And that's the same for trades cannot be official until July 10th at the earliest. And we'll talk about the Nets, Celtics, Clippers, Celtics later on during this podcast. Once again, you listen to a KG and the Fifth of Walk at podcast. Thank you as always for listening. 
What are you going to say, sir? Oh, the draft. Uh, was it a was it a shock to you? Or? Hell yes. I'm <laughs> about number one overall. Hell yes, I know what you're talking about. I see what you're talking about. Uh, I'm going to tell you. Folks were standing around the TV Thursday, and the commissioner walked up to the podium, and we were looking to hit, well, we were looking to hear that somebody would take a chance on uh, Noel, but apparently that is a, still a big question mark on how soon and how much he'll recover from that knee injury and where he is in, all, in rehab, and he chose Anthony Bennett. Um, and the only reason I'm kind of excited, I was kind of happy about that to throw my hands up was because I got a chance to talk to that kid two years in a row at, uh, uh, during the basketball season when I would, uh, went out to uh, Vegas. Vegas for the um, de- uh, duel in the desert. And he just works hard as a forward. Oh, he's, he's got skills. You know, he's, it's, and the fact that he's from Canada... Hold up, hold up, hold up. I feel like this. I feel like this. They pushed that, and I had to, I, and it's, it's my fault that I hadn't gone online. Oh, no, no. no, no, no. He's Canadian. He played college ball at UNLV. He's got a great, great, great birthday. His birthday is the same as, as mine. This year is different. His birthday is March 14th. So so kudos. A lot of great people were born on March 14th. Anthony Bennett, props to you, my man. Good luck to you in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, I, I really do hope that he does well. He had shoulder surgery, so he gained some weight during the time. I think where that's he, good, though. He couldn't uh, do a lot of rehabbing. I think that's good. But skill-wise, he's... He works he, hard, he, folks. He, he, works he works hard. hard. He's probably 6'7". He's not 6'8", 6'9". Maybe an undersized power forward, but he can handle the ball. He can score in the post. He can shoot from the outside. He's got much more all-around skills than, than Nolan Noel. Nolan's Noel. But I'm surprised that the teams who passed on the well was because of the concern you know, yeah. of his ACL in this sense. This is 2013. Players have had ACL injuries and had tremendous success following that surgery. This is not 20 years ago when it was much more problematic recovering from a torn ACL and the ACL surgery. So, and the surgery was different back then, too. You know, it's no question that the technology and everything is much more advanced now. I mean, you have guys, uh, athletes, I don't want to say fellas, well, athletes, pretty much every day guy if, he, if he's young, who, who are capable of recovering and excelling following surgery in six months, nine months, a year. The, the year timetable is no longer gone. No. No, no longer applies. Right. Right. So, six months after, after, depending on. So he may not be ready for the start of the season, but he's going to. He's, I don't, it's not like he he's, has no college in his knees or he has uh, foot problems, chronic foot problems, you know, that plague Yao Ming and forced out of retirement, Bill Walsh Bill to retire. You know, it's not like he's got arthritic knees like um, Brandon Roy had to end up. Right. Uh, he had arthritis in his knees and no cartilage in his knees. And you look at uh, Amar Stoudemire, who's had the the surgery in both his knees. And uh, that's, that's that's another guy who's going, I can't think of surgery now, where they have to drill it. No cartilage, they have to drill it to, to the knees to stimulate the blood flow to get thing going in there. Um, so those type of injuries are much more serious than a torn ACL now. So... Um, Nolan Noel, he was drafted by the Pelicans, then traded to the Sixers, 
Sixers new general manager is former Rockets assistant GM Sam Hinkie, who was already uh, he's looking toward 2014 draft when another Canadian will go first, like Anthony Bennett this year. That'll be Andrew Wiggins. So back to back Canadian team. That, 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 and, that, and, uh, tandem, that, that would be it. And there are already I've seen of more than one site source people in basketball who believe that Canada will be the second best team behind the U.S. in the Olympics within the next four to eight years because of Wiggins, Bennett, and other talented players. I was told the next Olympics. Developing. Yeah. I was told the next Olympics. They will be. 2016. So, you know. Guard play will be the the question mark for them at at that point. Because they don't have any Steve Nash types coming up. Right. You know, but uh, we'll see. I think Mike Cabongo, is he Canadian? Doesn't matter. He didn't get drafted. He should have stayed at UT instead of uh, Steve Hurley. But uh, can up UT. Something got mentioned this week, and I don't know what you picked. You got, uh, got a uh, notice from uh, Twitter on Facebook, but Baylor yeah, he is an idiot. has uh, had four kids out of that basket, men's basketball program to get drafted four years in a row in the Big 12. And the Longhorns have not. There you go. I was wondering for you that, that to come out of your mouth because you just love just, just making that statement. I love bashing Texas athletics as much as possible. <laughs> because <laughs> they, it, for, it is warranted. Yes. Because if you are supposedly the University of the State of Texas, you better be putting some folks out there demanding respect. And right now, you just now have it. And Rick Barnes. That's a question mark. Uh, uh, Let's um, be honest. He's lost Rodney Terry from the coaching staff, who was a key to the recruiting. Correct. Didn't he have uh, what's his name? Stan Heath. Yeah, was on his staff. Gone. Both those Rodney Terry and Heath had coaches. They left. The recruiting hasn't been the same. The, well, the success on the court right. has been there the same because they brought development, in player development. Hadn't had been the same. Good point. Especially at the guard spot. With, with, with Rodney gone. And, oh, yeah, the Longhorns have just been I, – I, I truly have enjoyed seeing them flame out in recent years. And uh, transferred Julian Lewis, transferred from Texas to, uh, I think, Fresno State, where Rodney Terry is. Uh, Longhorns are losing players. Rick Barnes is probably on the clock now, you know, if they have another uh, piss-poor season. July 1st, the Wildcat will no longer refer to, uh, to, to to the American as Conference USA 2.0. It will officially become the American. It will officially become the American. You'll have to start calling it the American rather than Conference USA 2.0. Somebody is that right, Wildcat? Who is who? Where are they going? <laughs> well, where are they going? I got that mentioned this, this, this past week. Now, what's the name of the conference? I just told him I didn't know. I, just, I said, well, just, you got a smartphone? Google it up. See what it says. And it came up just what I thought it was going to say, the Big East. <laughs> well, right now, because it's not July 1st. So, yeah. But uh, now, speaking of, do you think Val Ackerman is the best person for that job? Mm, uh, for the new. Well, I know, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. She was named to agree to become the... The uh, new commissioner of the Big East. And the only, reason I'm, sure. only reason I'm mentioning it, uh, I mentioned it because you brought that up because of what transpired this week. Uh, the Women's Basketball Committee has, has made some changes. Um, 
and you think it's for the better, especially on because you and I just mentioned off the air uh, before we got started about the uh, travel situation. Totally changes everything now for that uh, for that Final Four weekend. Uh, I'll get to that just a second. I Go ahead. Misspoke about Stan Heath, Frank Heath was a coach at, at the Longhorn. Okay. St. Heath was originally from Kent State as a head coach. Frank Haith and Ronnie Terry were on Rick Barnes' staff, and they're both head coaches in different places now. The NCAA Women's Committee has implemented quickly some of the suggestions that Val Ackerman uh, mentioned and discussed in her white, white paper. paper. And one of those was to move the uh, dates of the Final Four, the days of the Final Four, from Sunday, Tuesday to Friday, Sunday, Friday semifinals, Sunday the championship game. And one of the reasons cited was fans, a lot of, she heard a lot of fans complaining about missing, having to miss work and travel and things of that sort were, were more difficult. Uh, plus I think it's, it's better to be, probably the games will be, semifinals will be before the men's finals, semifinals, Correct. which will be on Saturdays. And the fellas aren't changing their, their formats Saturday, Monday. Too much TV. But with the women's games being on, semifinals being on Friday, the practices will be on Thursday. So fans, they want to see their team practice, will have to still have to get off work Thursday. And Thursday afternoon or Thursday morning, if not Wednesday night, in order to see them practice. Because the practice sessions are Thursday afternoon. Media teleconferences and all media press conferences on Thursdays, they always well will have to be on Thursdays because in the current situation, it's always the day before the semifinals. Right now, semifinals are on Sunday. Press conferences and practices are on Saturdays. So that's what a Wildcat myself usually get there. It's not Friday, uh, Friday night, in order to get ready for Saturday the press conference and the practices and all those things. So it's going to be interesting to see how the travel situation, how the fans and the alums handle the change to the Friday-Sunday format. Um, it won't start in 2014. It will not start that year when it, it will be uh, in Nashville. It will start in 2015, the first year, when it's going to be in Tampa. And if you are consistent, regular listening to the podcast, you already heard the Wildcat myself already making plans <laughs> to be in Tampa <laughs> for the Women's Final Four because it's Tampa. And good things happen in Tampa. Truly. Trust me. Good things Truly. happen in Tampa. <clears throat> you don't have to work hard. So I'm just saying, folks. Good I'm things just saying, happen in Tampa. You don't have to work hard. So um, Tampa is a free willing place, especially at the University of Tampa. So, which is we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that impacts things. But also, uh, the committee finally, officially approved the 10-second backcourt rule on women's side. So we're happy about that, and we talked about it when it was first discussed uh, weeks ago, that if teams don't have enough good point guards, can't don't have enough good good guard play, uh-huh. and can't get the ball across the court in 10 seconds, that's on them. We're going to get fundamentals. Now, this is going to be the other thing. Which coaches will be smart enough to understand that day one and realize, okay, i got to figure this out with what i got to work with. How quickly the coaches will adapt. To that 10 second rule and they better adapt ASAP because across the board you are you and I both know there's not a big talent pool on the women's side that's number one two with as many schools and all that are involved trying to get to the tournament 
it'll be interesting how they are, which direction they'll go to start out with the first year. Because when the three second, uh, I mean the three point situation came in, quite a few coaches went looking around for specialists, guys that could just straight up just shoot. So, seeing as we just discussed this about talent wise. Do you think it'll be quite a few JUCO point guards to be picked up that first year to hold the teams over until they can get some freshmen, uh, some high school players in and to develop some some skill level? I mean that's possible, but there's not there's not a great there's not enough great JUCO point guards to well, to uh, help out everybody. Folks won't be looking for a great one. They'll be looking to just for somebody that can just get the ball across the court. But once again, if they don't have enough guards to get the ball across the court in 10 seconds, that's on them. It's going to hurt the the uh, bottom-feeding teams, the mid-level teams and below, who don't have enough depth and don't have enough good guards to get rid of that. It's not going to affect uh, superpowers like Connecticut and, and Stanford. And so do you think there will be a lot of small guards? You don't know. need to have good ball handlers, I, you know, and hope you don't get injured and have ACL problems. Good guards are necessary in all levels of basketball. Women's basketball, men's basketball, high school, college, and pro. You need good guards, good guard players to get things done. That shouldn't change. It may be a shock to some coaches, but if it is, that's your fault. Um, speaking of the um, changes and all that they made this week, that, they, that the, committee, the women's committee adapted the regional hosting, do you think it's going to work? You know, the top... That's, that is a good question because one of the criteria one of the criteria is a school cannot host the first two rounds and a regional in the same year so you have a choice to make do you want to host the first two rounds or do you want to put in a bid for the regional because the thing behind this is for the regional is for a school to host a regional because now it's kind of a neutral site setting situation whereas for example Oklahoma Sooners cannot host the regional on their court but they can have it in Oklahoma City but the change is now to have it to allow a team like the Sooners to host it on campus to have more fans better fan support more attendance more butts, more butts in the seats which look better on TV, TV. And, and which makes kids good. happy and that's a, that's a good thing so the question see first you got to be good enough to host to host to, to submit a bid, you got to be good enough to think you're going to reach a regional. And that's only a handful of teams that you know year in and year out. Connecticut. Connecticut shouldn't even bother hosting, put, put in the bid for the first two rounds. Go ahead and host a regional. I can only do it, yeah. A team can only do it two years in a row, something like that. Uh, Connecticut. Fan-wise, but in the seat-wise, they can host. And, and it'll draw well. Oh, but now, the machine, as you call it, the freight train, locomotive, that is UConn, Huskies women's basketball, Husky Nation, it won't matter. If they're playing in in Hawaii, it won't matter. They're going to the Final Four next year unless the entire team is hurt well with injuries, ACL injuries. I don't, you know, coach with the scrubs that bring off the student body. Well, you know what? I, I still think they could get there because of their staff. I just, I just have faith in that staff because it's almost like what Moses said back in his day. <laughs> Put me out there with four other folks and we can get this done. Well, and I think, and I, and I think with, with five capable, competitive play, ball players, Gino can get them to pass 
whatever's after this, whatever's out there, especially in this conference, way it's going to look next year. Because basically it boils down to Louisville and UConn next season. And USF, a distant third. But, you know. And you, what did you just say in between that? But distant, still. But still. <laughs> there may be a distant third, but the gap between three and four, you know, the SMU, Houston, Tulane, Brethren, <laughs> well, Tulane ain't in there yet, but SMU and Houston you know, is even wider than it is between one, two, and two three, and three. three right. So, because USF went to a tournament. And all their players coming back, they'll be good too. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But it will be interesting to see because teams that draw well, Tennessee. You can count them on both hands and both feet. Oklahoma, Connecticut, Notre Dame. We'll see how well they draw since Scott Diggins is not playing professional ball right. in the WNBA. Uh, Tennessee. Um, I said Tennessee. Tennessee, Connecticut, Oklahoma, uh, Stanford out west. Um, you know, Gonzaga draws well, um, but I don't think they can count on themselves reaching a regional right. year in a year out. Um, Ideally, A and M is is good for what five thousand. Five thousand. Coach Blair would like it to be seven thousand, you know, and up. But that in that, the state of Texas alone, it's only, it's only them and UT that could, that could actually get that done. And even the Longhorns, I'm not sure, would want to put it in for a regional, though. But a lower bowl, they can get that done. They can, they can pretty much feel below a bowl. I, I, you and I both witnessed that, even on a bad day. They can get below a bowl, though. Okay. But on a consistent basis, what you just mentioned, you know, year in and year out, that's not going to happen. Because right now, they are they're what's called a mid-level. Forget about Baylor. Well, now, that's going to be interesting. Well, post grinder. We'll see how how they. This first well, they year will be a, they'll be okay. This first year because I see them still there. Uh, they still have a lot of talent there. So, and teams can bid for these first two rounds yeah. and uh, the regionals starting so, yeah. July fifteenth, I believe. Yeah. So, so in a few for, weeks for next uh, for this upcoming seasons so, yeah. available regions at first and uh, and so uh, teams first are interested to see which teams are awarded uh, sites for the first two rounds as well as the regionals. I hope I would I hope A and M puts in the bid. It'd be great to have a regional no. here in Texas. You have to go only an hour up the road basically to, to see regionals. That'd be that'd be great. Um, Baylor probably will submit a bid as well. Oklahoma, I think for sure would would also uh, a team like Iowa State draws well, but I don't think they put in a bid for regional. Kind of think they believe they could get to regional, but you know they, I wouldn't they, they do first and second round. Yeah, and another person, another team you're talking about uh, is Nebraska and Iowa uh, Iowa State. So well, Iowa State and uh, uh, Nebraska and uh, who else up in the uh, up in that region? Uh, would Ohio State still be? Well, they, get, they got a new coach, and he's he's uh, Ohio State's most successful women's basketball program. Penn State with Coach Co- Co- Washington, you know, they might submit a bid. It'll be like, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see who submits a bid and then who's awarded bids for the 2013-2014 season, and then with all the more um, suggestions and everything's implemented for Tampa that year in 2014-2015 20, season. So I'm curious to see how, how that all plays out. Quite honestly, Wildcat, I am su- surprised that we have spent so much time talking about women's college basketball in this podcast. We've we got one last thing to just mention, and then we'll, we'll move on. 
the committee also submitted and mentioned about uh, Indianapolis, which will be in what? 2016 for the Olympics? What are you talking about? Yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, yep. uh, for all the, to do with men did this year. They, they have one, all, two, or three. three. All in the Indy for the uh, championship weekend. Right. That would be interesting on a Friday, Sunday situation because I don't know how you'd have to just have it on Thursday as well because. However, or, or however it gets done, it's Division be- One semifinals that Friday, then a championship game on Saturday for Division Two and Three, something like that. Because you know, if you have the semifinals for Division Two and Division Three, then I don't think. I don't believe you could have all those, all those games. That's six games. Plus, you can talk about an all-star game on Friday. So, so it'd be interesting to see how that, all that plays out. But KG and Fifth Wildcat podcast showing you our versatility. We've gone from talking about Prairie View Women's College Basketball, Rockets, Dwight Howard, free agency, back to NCAA College, Women's College Basketball, regional sites, things of that sort. What's on your mind? Back to the Rockets. Daryl Moore, oh, well, I'm going to talk about this. The draft that you touched on, Anthony Bennett being the number one pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Rockets drafted Isaiah Cannon with the only pick in the 2013 NBA draft. They drafted him 34th overall, uh, second round pick. So what's the scuttle? He's a six foot guard, uh, strong scorer, was all American junior year, um, received, I don't mention all American senior year. Hell, I voted for him All-American Junior Year, uh, part of our United States Basketball Writers Association Awards, of which Wackhead and myself are members, voting members also. That's right. <clears throat> uh, you don't have the money, you must have the numbers. That means you vote. Agreed. Uh, Isaiah Cannon would basically take Aaron Brooks' spot. You know, Brooks is waived today. Isaiah is more uh, probably strong. He's stronger than, than Aaron Brooks. He's a better leaper than Aaron Brooks. Uh, he may have more of a point guard mentality than Brooks, but Isaiah's a scorer. He's a leader. He heavily immersed into the NCAA tournament. His junior year, they were made free throws by a teammate to get him back to, uh, well, I say missed free throws by a teammate to get him back to the NCAA tournament his senior year. And he's a solid pick. He's a very good pick. He's picked second round, but he had a lot of, according to a lot of, Basketball draft experts a first round grade, late first round. So he's gonna make a team. He'll probably spend most of his time with the Vipers this year, which won't be a bad thing. Give him a chance to develop his overall skills and things like that. And you don't want to expect him to play and be if, he, if Isaiah Cannon is ex, his counterpoint to contribute to the Rockets this season. Something bad has happened to the Rockets this year. But uh, he is a very good pick. When he made the pick. And we saw it all over Twitter. It was, it was, I was, I was, uh, I was, it was a good pick for the Rockets. You know, I'm not the biggest Daryl Morey fan. Uh, he hadn't made a lot of them. But it was a good pick for, for, for the Rockets. And I think he'll do well for the Rockets, especially, uh, years down the line. Now, you mentioned, and I always just find myself just like the fans forgetting about that one, that situation. The, uh, Vipers. How is that, I mean, since Daryl has, has been here and all that is going on, is that still a viable product as far as developing players or making guys ready for oh, Yeah, the Rockets probably have done the best job of all the NBA teams of sending their players down to the D-League and developing them and bringing them up uh, and having them contribute and be successful 
in the NBA. Greg Smith is a prime example, big man for the Rockets. But every Rockets rookie has spent some time down in D-League, except Chandler Parsons. He's probably the only one recently who has not been sent down to develop, to uh, work on skills, get some confidence if need be, and by scoring more points. Rockets have done a great job developing their uh, players. He touched on it. Talk about player development with the Longhorns, with uh, Frank Haith and Rodney Terry, and how that's missing. Right. With the Longhorns right. now, since they're gone, uh-huh. it's one of the things that the Rockets really hang their hat on and uh, commend them for it, is player development, how their young guys have improved from the start of the season to the end of, end of the season. Terrence Jones went down, spent time down in the D-League. You see how his game was better. He played with much, much more confidence this past year in March and April than in the earlier in the season. So the Rockets utilize it as a resource, and the Vipers are the Rockets. You know, they, they share the coaching staff. They share the mentality. They run the same type of offense, same, same type of system, defense, so it's not an adjustment for them. They don't share the team with any other team, like some NBA teams partner with, with uh, other NBA teams. Yeah, there's a team out of Austin that is partnered with, with, I think, two teams. So, you know, two or three. There are not enough D-League teams. There are not 30 D-League teams like there are 30 NBA teams, so every NBA team to have one D-League team to be an affiliate. So Rockets are, are ahead of the curve there, and Isaiah Cannon will spend time down in the Valley with the Vipers. I think it's going to help him. Uh, his career numbers, he scored over 2,000 points with Murray State, the Racers. Uh, he's averaged 20-plus points the junior and senior year. I mean, he is a legit player. I mean, to my horn, how was that? Oh, well, I won't get too much into the negative part of draft night where we were spending time on Rockets practice court because new kids were in concert. I, I, gotta, I uh, do this. <laughs> performing on stage and all the media were down on the practice court at a handful of tables trying to wait, you know. Wait. But the presser, the presser, Daryl Moore spoke to us. The video is on my Houston Round Bar View YouTube channel. You can see that video as well as the scouting director, Arturus Karnisovas, Interview is up there as well, so you can go check that out. There are links to it on my blog, from the YouTube channel as well, Houston Round Balls. Link to it on Facebook, link to it on Twitter, which is the Twitter handle is T H E H R Review. Wildcat, how can folks meet you, sir? A S V V C S R A K S V V C S R. I am on Twitter. I am on uh, YouTube. And Blogspot. That's where you can find me. That is my handle. Back to you, sir. One last thing. A couple of things. Go ahead. If Dwight Howard doesn't choose the Rockets, then I what? won't be, you know, bowing my head now and said, you know, jumping for joy. I just, I will look at it as he probably made the best decision for him. Okay, but what would the Rockets do? Now, if they strike out with Dwight Howard. What do you think they should do? I think it should move forward and do can't what? Be, it can't be looking. It can't be looking back. I have a name. I have a name of someone that's already been rumored to be second on their list. If they don't get Dwight Howard, can you guess who that is? Mm, I'm trying to remember who is available. He didn't play a lick this season. Really? But he's got some rings. You know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea. Who, who is it? That would be Andrew Bynum. You are correct. Andrew Bynum. 
the fact that you said he didn't play and he got some rings, I understood who that was. Okay. And, I, and the other thing is, he understands what it means to go and get a ring. Apparently, better than D.H. does. But he's coming off knee problems. Consistent knee problems. And would you, I, his, his agents, his people, will listening. probably seek max contract. But there is no team in their right frame of mind there you go. that to get him a you max contract. Exactly. So it's got to have all kinds of conditions in the contract. But the Rockets are one of the teams who are reportedly interested in getting speaking to Bynum if now, they don't get you just mentioned Dwight something. Howard. And I want folks to remember this. It wasn't a big loss to Daryl Morley when he lost the first time to D.H. He just said, we're moving forward. Andrew Bynum wouldn't be a bad idea. Folks may look at it like, what? But you just mentioned two things. One, he's got rings. Two, he knows how to adapt. He may be a head case. We don't know that until he gets here. But the one thing. Oh, he's a head case. <laughs> but the one thing he knows how to do is, I know how to get it done to go and get us to get to that point. And he does demand the ball. He, he wants the ball. He has low post moves. <laughs> Unlike Dwight Howard. And he, he knows how to use them. Yes. He knows how to use them. And when the ball says it's going inside, he knows how to look, get that second look. Pass back out of me too. But if you're in the wrong spot, he will let you know real quick. Uh-oh. Oops. Two, two more things. That's all? Just two more? Yeah. Doc Rivers is now coach of the Clippers. They well, pulled it off. We talked about this. And it was it was in the works during a lab podcast while we were on on air that the discussion yeah, was as soon as we get done. You know, proceeding as you know, the Clippers and Celtics had advanced talks and they finally reached an agreement. Everything is done. Doc Rivers is a head coach. He's got a three year deal, twenty million dollars, seven million per season to coach the Clippers. Chris Paul is going to resign with the Clippers. It's already been announced. His agents since told it's already important today to say don't even team don't even bother coming to see Chris. He's gonna stay with the Clipper. I'm still not thrilled that this how this all went down. But it's interesting how less than 24 hours later they pretty much just truly just gutted that team up. Yeah, I mean literally. Celtics, Danny Ainge uh, on on draft night agreed to deal Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry. To the Brooklyn Nets for draft picks and Gerald Wallace. The Celtics are in rebuilding mode now. Jason Collins' name has, has come up uh, as a big man to, to uh, go play for the Nets because he was there and he was with the Nets for years before. He was a teammate of, of uh, Jason Kidd, who's now the new head coach, which Lawrence Franks is going to help Kidd on the coaching staff. Uh, the Nets are looking for a Mark Jackson success. And Jason Kidd, you know, former point guard, right. Right. turn things around, get the winning mentality. It's all about and, staff. And, it's all uh, about it's all, staff. Exactly. It's definitely all about staff. Because getting Lawrence Franks, you know, just... But, you know, Lawrence good. Franks, he flames out as a Pistons head coach. I know that for firsthand, uh, how he lost the team, lost respect to the team. Um, but Doc Rivers, you know, different reports say that he and Ains, or he told Danny Ains that he didn't want to rebuild. Oh, no, that's not really the point. When he signed the new contract, he didn't want to be a part of it. He made it clear, or apparently that it was clear that if the Celtics went into rebuilding mode, that he was not going to live out the length of the contract that he just signed with the Celtics. So if that is the case, 
and Boston knew what they were getting into when, when they signed Dr. that contract, then I can accept how things played out okay. without going to the Clippers. But but if if that's just not if that's just rumor and Doc's uh, I know he he did not want to rebuild I know that yeah but if he's mentioned that if KG and Paul Pierce would have stayed there with Doc they weren't going to rebuild they were just going to muddle through with Rajon Rondo Rajon Rondo maybe trade him and be the same team they were this yeah, year see, they that, were would have been a good team would have been a great team they'd have been a good team made the playoffs folks don't forget. Rondo and, and Doc really don't get along that well. And that, 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 you, that's you, true. That's, and, we had a report about that coming that's out public. that uh, Doc had to be held back from throwing punches at Rondo for Rondo cussing out in, in, in the locker room. And, so, and the two people you mentioned broke that up. Paul Pierce and, and KG. And now with those two guys. And, and KG is the, the wealthy KG. I'm the original KG. I'm the broke one of the two. So, but... Uh, <laughs> but... But for, for those two guys to step in and and break break up a situation, you know it's got to be pretty bad, especially when you get ready to step out on the floor. You know you you get in that situation now before a game before game time. But it's interesting how that that story came out within the last two weeks that he had that Doc wanted to fight Rondo or throw punches that hit Rondo, that hit Rondo because of Rondo's cussing him out at. What was that during the season? But whatever. You know, it's done. The Clippers are now the team to beat in Los Angeles. They got a great head coach. They're in great position. Clippers got Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. So Lakers are no, are no longer the number one team in L.A. Even if Dwight Howard comes. You know, and they just the that's hard. That's hard to believe. Yeah, this whole situation is hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Because in our lifetime, we, none of us expect us old NBA fans would have ever believed that the Clippers would be numero uno in the same building as the Lakers. It just, it just, it just don't even sound right. It takes getting used to. It really does take getting used to. I mean, Donald Sterling, the owner, for years was cheap, not thrifty, cheap. And he, he agreed to pay Doc Rivers this, this huge contract. He's agreed to re-sign Chris Paul. He, Hell, he's agreed to spend money on the Clippers, on the players, and, and it's just, I don't know what, maybe he's changing, he's changed in his old age, he finally wants to get a ring or something. So it's just like the Clippers aren't the Clippers anymore. They're not your dad Clippers. They are a team that I actually respect. And oh, yeah. That's so my season my me. So we're going to wrap it up. Talking Rockets, you're not in favor of the Rockets signing Dwight Howard, nope. especially Max contract Dwight Howard. No, nope. I don't think it's going to be a great fit either. Uh, the Rockets meet with Dwight Howard Sunday evening. The Mavericks will meet with Dwight Howard this week. The Hawks will meet with Dwight Howard also. Why are they meeting with him at 12 o'clock? Every then day? the Lakers will be the last team to meet with Dwight Howard. Kobe was also going to be part of that group of folks to to meet with Dwight. Dwight has said, or Dwight's people have said that he will make a decision. Uh, July 10th, early enough to allow teams to don't get him to make to adjust their plans, as well as if he whatever team he picks to adjust their roster around him to make it fit. Because if the Rockets get Dwight, they're still going to have to add a lot of pieces around him to go with James Harden, Taylor Parsons. You still got to add a four. So exactly, and, and still got to add a four. They may it may have to involve trading Omer Oshik or Jeremy Lin. So. 
free agency is almost here. It kicks off officially H-Town-wise, 11-01, June 30th, Eastern Coast, East Coast-wise, July 1st, 12-01 a.m. I'm glad it's here. I'm looking forward to the, the moves, the machinations, everything taking place. Well, I still have to do something with uh, Thomas Robinson to, to have ultimate cap room, cap space, to give Dwight Howard a max contract. So look for that to happen um, probably before Howard, if Howard agrees to the Rockets, they watch out this deal with Thomas Howard, right. Thomas Robinson. But thank you as always for listening. Tell your friends about him. The, uh, the following is growing. I can see the numbers. It's uh, it's a slow, steady rise. So thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone that's for all we want telling. Folks. That's all we oh, I agree. That's all we thank, thank everyone for listening on iTunes. Thank everyone for telling your friends about listening to the, the KGM Fizzle Wildcat. Thank you to our loyal listener. He knows who he is. He's a, he's a fiend for the podcast. I appreciate all your support, bro. Thank you very much for everything you do. What do you, what do you want to say, sir? One last thing. A legend passed on last Sunday the last weekend, and I found out about it on Tuesday, um, Bobby Bland. A year ago, August, got an opportunity to travel to Memphis to interview, uh, to be a part of an interview crew, you know, to do the camera work. You can find that interview at a kingsizeview.com, at YouTube, AKSV, VCSR. Bobby Bland was a legend, and I'm happy to say that I had an opportunity to do one of his last public interviews um, during that time. I think there's only uh, one, one, maybe two others, but right now there are only two that's on uh, that you can find on YouTube. Uh, his last public appearance was in March of this year. Um, so, folks. I mention it because I, I was a part of it, but a legend is a legend. And Bobby Blue Band was a legend. And KG, I'm ready to go out. A different legend, not as legendary, but a different legend passed away today. Black Belt Jones. Oh, my Jim goodness. Kelly passed away today. Wow. Folks, so, we talking about... Talk about an icon in the hood. And one of the most respected in the land of martial arts back in the day and to this day. One of the few black gentlemen of martial art training respected by the one and only Bruce Lee to be on his level and in his movies, he will be truly missed. Wow. Jim Kelly. So, rest in peace to Bobby Blue Bland. Rest in peace to Jim Kelly. Folks, just think about what you listen to in this podcast. This was a good day. Tributes to Bobby Blue Bland and Jim Kelly. Prairie View Women's Basketball. NCAA Basketball. Rockets. NBA. Free Agents. Where else? But I can't think of anywhere else. But the KG and Fifth Ward Wildcat Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. And to wrap it up, in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>